Dope Discussions Podcast. Dope discussions, gay to era, cabal discussions. Mob ties, how they rock and think they both was cousins. Gifting you with their words so you might know you something. Just go and look for them live, they do it every Sunday. Every Sunday. And we gon' bring you that dope. And we gon' bring you that dope. It's gay to beat it, baby. Like state to state, baby, coast to coast. Like the vibe, baby, spark to joke. Yeah, we gon' bring you that dope. So talk with Erica, man, talk with G. And all you gotta do is talk with me. And yeah, we gon' bring you that dope. And yeah, we gon' bring you that dope. Yeah, we gon' bring you that And we gonna bring you that dough. Yeah. <laughs> and we gonna bring you that dough. Yeah, all right, all right, all right. <laughs> Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another dope discussion. How are y'all doing this Sunday? I'm hoping they're doing good. You know, I'm hoping that they're doing great. They'll be even greater when the Saints pull out this win today. Yes, I already see it. <laughs> hey, Missy, Missy, say hello. And who that, Gator? Who that? <laughs> who that, Missy? What's going on? How you doing? Welcome. Hey, Q, what's up? How you doing? Q, the Saints going to win and the Cowboys going to lose, as usual. Uh, yeah. How about the Cowboys? <laughs> they, you know what though? I, I I can't say nothing negative about them. I hey, mean, John. I can, but I won't. <laughs> John, what's doing, going John? on? How y'all doing this beautiful Sunday? How you doing, Gator? Man, I'm doing pretty good. I, I feel like um, I didn't even have to sweat coming on the show tonight. You know how I usually reach out to you and I'll be like, oh, look, we got a big thing going tonight. We better, like, postpone the show or make the show early or something like that. You remember when the Patty LaBelle and Gladys Knight versus happened? We were like, no, we got to move the show. Yeah. I didn't feel like I had to move the show tonight because I felt like this was the foregone conclusion that the Saints was going to win this game tonight. So I just was like, okay, well, you know, it's no big deal. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we're gonna pull it out. I I saw the score. The Buccaneers had six. We had zero, but that ain't net. No, 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 no. We had six. They had zero. Oh, now really? it's now it's uh six to three. So they just they just kicked the field goal. So okay. Yeah. We're gonna pull it off anyway. Mm-hmm. Well, thank we y'all, everybody. Viewers and listeners, thank y'all so much for tuning in to this show. This is a very important topic that we're going to be discussing today. And we have some awesome guests coming on to uh, share with us on this topic, to share their experiences, to share their expertise. Mm -hmm. And we just want to dig into this. This is something that we don't talk about 
enough. No. And Gator, as a black man, I'm pretty sure this is an important topic for you. Heck yeah, definitely, because I think this is a, a topic that affects um, us significantly. And I think that, that we definitely have to bring more attention to it because, you know, at the end of the day, a lot of the problems that we have as a culture center around this topic. Definitely, because, you know, I've seen a trend it, even in the past, maybe like 10 years, you know, the women have really gotten on the train of taking care of our mental health and being more vocal about it and making it more normal to talk about it yeah. and to actually practice it. But it's taken our men a lot longer to catch on. Yeah. And so that's Definitely. what we're going to talk about, because most of the time, a lot of our mental health issues are stemmed from y'all. <laughs> oh, Lord. You know what? <laughs> I will say this. Now, not necessarily that. I feel like as, as men, many times, you know, we're told as, as black men to suck it up and Ooh. just to, you know, just to be a man and just to... so. While women are and black women are directed at dealing with the issues, black men are told that you don't have an issue, that you just need to man up, that mm -hmm. you just need to do those things. When in actuality, we need that. To, I mean, we went through the same things. And I, I can say, honestly, you know, a lot of people say, well, you know, it's because we were put in slavery. It's because of all that. Well, a lot of black men were definitely downtrodden by slavery, downtrodden mm -hmm. by Jim Crow, downtrodden by all of these things, you know, significantly to where they weren't even considered as men. So mm -hmm. I think even more than women, black men have dealt with the, I mean, heck, all you got to do is turn on the TV every night and you see the atrocities that happen to black men around this country. Oh, yeah. yeah. You know? So I and think that they really, we really need yeah. that 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 guidance as far as like you know when it deals with mental health yeah if we're not having those conversations and if we're um perpetrating our men to bottle it up and just suck it up and just deal with it and take it um yeah. the problem is only going to get compounded and then it's going to be passed down from generation to generation mm -hmm. so we want to start, we want to be the catalyst to start the conversations, to keep them going and to make this normal in households to talk about, not be swept under the rug, you know, because our families, we were taught, you know, what goes on in this house stays in this house. You keep our family secrets and stuff like that. And so yeah. we want to, we want to knock down all of those stereotypes and we want to make it better for, you know, our children. So, Without further ado, I'm ready to bring out our special guest. We had two special guests. One of our guests was having a lot of technical difficulties, so he's not going to be able to join us tonight. But we still have Mr. Shaughnessy Haynes coming on. Here he is. Thank you so much, Shaughnessy, for joining us. Thank you all for having me. How are you all doing tonight? We're doing good. How are you? Doing great. Doing great. Great. Doing well, man. I see you looking up at that monitor. Uh, yeah, <laughs> breeze just through an interception, man. Oh no! Yeah, it stays down ten six now. Oh, uh, oh. <laughs> all right. 
just sound yeah, like yeah they go back enough time enough time <laughs> <laughs> well thank you for joining us shaughnessy why don't you go ahead and introduce yourselves to our viewers and listeners tell them who you are what your background is yeah definitely uh shaughnessy haynes um i'm a native uh well i'm a resident current resident of prairieville louisiana by way of springfield louisiana born and raised in springfield uh went to school there my whole life high school graduated there uh bachelor of arts degree from southeast University of Marketing, uh, member of Cap Alpha Incorporated. Also, you know, uh, I've been in retail management for about 20 years now. So I'm a uh, director of store operations for a large retailer. Also, have wrote three books over the last five years. I have three books on Amazon right now. So I'm a published author as well, blogger. Um, my brand is When a Gentleman Speaks. Um, so you can find me on Instagram under King Hangs underscore Wags. Um, married, got a wife, three kids, uh, two two boys, and one on the way. So, fifteen awesome. year old son, um, two year old son, and my wife is pregnant right now. She turned thirty weeks today, so getting close wow. to having another little boy. So, congratulations! Right, I appreciate it. So, father of kings, about to be three kings. <laughs> yes, and I'm also a licensed realtor in the state of Louisiana. Yeah, so you're looking that. to buy some houses or sell your house? Hit me up. <laughs> yeah, congratulations on that too. That was awesome. Thank you. <laughs> so we just need to go ahead and replace everything with just hustler. Hustler, and that's me. Hustler, that's hustler. Me. <laughs> Gotta get it every day. Well, I want to thank you so much for joining us for this important conversation. And I know you and I have been Facebook friends for some years. Oh yeah, and, definitely. And I've paid attention to a lot of your posts and you share a lot of real inspirational encouragement for uh, black men in our communities. And I, I appreciate that. I applaud you for that. Um, and you and I are supposed to be, you know, um, partnering on some things for yeah. um, women and men to kind of bridge the gap and get together and work on, you know, our differences. So yeah, I'm looking forward to that. But for this conversation, we want to be talking about black men taking care of their mental health. And I remember a post that you made a few years ago and you were saying, you know, you had a little battle with depression yourself. Mm -hmm. And that's great that you actually vocalize that to let other men hear that, because once we can hear, you know, once men hear another man and they can put a face to it and then they know that you're somebody that that's down to earth, that they can actually touch and talk to. It makes the problem so less, you know, taboo. Right. And, and swept under the rug. So kind of give us a background on your experience with mental health. Yeah, I have to probably say it started when I was younger. Of course, I didn't realize it when I was young. I was a teen. Um, and my, my mom and my, well, my parents, they were like excellent parents. My mom and my dad, they did, you know, all they could for me and my brother. Uh, my brothers, I have at first it was just me and my older brother and my little brother. He's 16 years younger than me. So mm. uh, growing up in the house, it was just me and my older brother, you know, until I got to a junior in high school. And then my mom had my little brother. But, um, you know, they always did the best that they could. But I just had I always had that feeling that, you know, I wasn't appreciated enough and things to that nature. So um, I used to just keep a, a lot of stuff bottled up inside of me. And then I would just let it out in rage mm. as, you know, certain situations got happened as I got older. You know, I felt like um, I had poured myself into certain relationships that I was in, but I wasn't getting that same love and affection and stuff back. Um, and that caused me just, you know, take another step and just say, you know, 
it, it just really like pushed me into this corner to making me feel like, you know, I wasn't worthy. I wasn't being appreciated. I wasn't getting appreciated and things to that nature. So, you know, I, I used to have these dark days and my wife have seen them a couple of times to where I would sit down and I would just be like, you know, I would just be sitting there. And then she'll look at me and then I just bust out in tears crying. Wow. wow. Um, so um, and she'll, you know, she'll try to console me. She'll, you know, ask me what's wrong and things to that nature. And I will have to tell her, you know, it's just I, I don't I, I don't feel this and I don't feel this. I feel unappreciated. It has been situations maybe at work and things to that nature. So mm -hmm. that's 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 basically what I had felt. You know, um, I started going to therapy a couple of years ago. Um, I don't go currently today, but I went a couple of times and it actually did help. I started reading a lot, started doing research online on how I can cope with the mechanisms of when I get feel like those dark days and, you know, just. It just really, it's just times, you know, I'm an over, that's my biggest issue. Mm -hmm. um, and I just start thinking about stuff from my past and stuff a lot of times. It just really, really takes me to a dark spot. Um, and I just always, like I said, I always had that that sense that I just wasn't being appreciated enough. And it, it makes you want to give up a lot of times because it's like, what am I doing it for? What, what am I continuing to pour into other people when I feel like they're not pouring back and pouring back into me? That same exact, you know, what I'm giving out. So that's what used to take me to those dark days. And I think a lot of other people experience that same feeling a lot of times. They probably just don't know how to express it, especially people that go through their life that feel like, you know, I don't feel appreciated enough. Uh, I don't get enough respect and things of that nature. You know, you have people that's very, very successful in their life. Um, mm -hmm. And do you have people that surround them that's just be like, oh, okay, that's just a degree. Oh, that's just that accomplishment. You know, they... You know, I feel like sometimes you have to give people their flowers while they're still alive. And I just think that, you know, we work hard to be in the positions that we in. And sometimes you just want that pat on the back to say, great job. And if you don't get that, then it's like you're questioning yourself. What am I doing this for? Right. Right. So so what was the turning point? Like what made you kind of make that decision to say, I think. I need help. That's more than myself. I can't do it by myself. I need some outside help. Because at this point, I was over the age of 35 and I knew if I couldn't fix it on my own, I was going to have to seek some other remedies to, to get it fixed. I was going to have to talk to somebody about it to see if it was other. I'll do like research on my own just to see if it was other avenues to release what I had bottled up inside of me. And, you know, once I started doing that research and once I took that path to make sure that um, I did. The, I took the necessary steps to make me better is when I started feeling better. I started being able to release a lot of stuff. I started being able to understand a lot of stuff mm -hmm. of why it happened to my past. Once I, you know, I got into, you know, I was always a, a Christian faith and stuff. I went to church ever since I was younger. But as I got older and mature, I started understanding why certain things happen. Um, and it's not to break you, it's to, it's to build you. And I yeah. felt like, you know, I may have been one of those examples that God was, you know, testing me a lot of times in because he knew that the end result would be greater than what the test was. So until I got to that point of realizing, you know, I can't fix this on my own if I keep bottling this stuff up, you know, even in relationships, biting your tongue, you know, because mm. you don't want you want to not have, you're trying to avoid a fight. You don't want to, you know, just stuff like that from my past. And when you bottle all that stuff in and you're not communicating and you're not expressing how you feel, it's going to make you explode one day. And it's going to mm -hmm. take you to a dark spot. And it's just it's just it's just it's really, really a dark spot, you know, not to the point to where it's suicide or anything like that. But just I don't want to deal with anybody that type of dark spot. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What about you, Gator? 
So one of the things that you've mentioned that's really, um, that's a profound thing is that you said you're, you're, it's nothing that your parents did no. necessarily. You know, they were great parents. And I think as as black men, sometimes, you know, we could, we could buy into the, the drama. We can sit back and we can say that, okay, well, you know, it's because I've been oppressed. It's because I've been, but, but sometimes it, it's not that. Sometimes, you know, as a man, it's just that you're a man and you, you deal with drama and you deal with stress daily. And sometimes you just don't have the, the right facets to deal with it. Mm -hmm. That's why when you mentioned therapy, that's, that's actually important. And I, I hate saying it, but many times in the black community, we look at therapy as being, oh, you crazy. Mm -hmm. you know, and, and that stigma behind it leads us to not dealing with issues when they come up. It leads us to, to kind of circle back to a topic we had last week. It leads to us not dealing with things that we could be healing from. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I, I feel like that's one of the biggest detriment to the, the black community right now is that, you know, we as black men, instead of taking our position as, you know, in the forefront of, you know, trying to push movements and push agendas, we're still trying to deal with, you know, things that have happened 50, 60, 70, 80, 100 years ago, you know, and not just that, but things that are happening in our families day to day it's hard for us to deal with it. We'd rather ignore it and go about our way than actually deal with the issues that come up. So, um, and as a, as a black man looking at that as well, you look at it and you say, well, what did my mom and dad do wrong? They didn't do anything wrong, but you can't put it all on me. Maybe I'm just, you know, I'm just wasted. Maybe I'm, you know, I'm, you know, maybe I'm everything that these people tell me that I am just mm -hmm. color. Yeah. yeah it's I think that's why therapy is so important. Yeah. yeah. And, and just to add to that, sometimes you could also feel like guilty by association because as yeah. you get older and you notice one thing you, and you start really what your parents went through the sacrifice made for you, but making you question yourself was like, yeah. damn, I could have done this better as a child and make my mom's life easier, my dad's life easier, you know, and things to that nature. So, you know, you, you start thinking like, man, you know, can I do more now? And then if you're in a situation where you feel like you can't do more for them, now that takes you to another dark spot because it's like, man, I should be in a position where I could do more and so forth. So, you know, even as a as, as a 20 something year old, I thought that way. And I'm just like, man, I just really want to do this more for my parents. But in that, in that time, I wasn't in a position still in college and things so that makes you know, you're still trying to work your way through. So that was one of the things that definitely motivated me and fueled me to be who I am today. Because I know that you, I knew the man that I wanted to be. I watched a lot of people in my neighborhood when I grew up as a teenager not be the right type of man. Till this day, right. I still watch a lot of men that I know not be the right type of man. And I knew that that's something I definitely didn't want to be. I knew that I wanted to be better and I wanted to be different. And in order to be that type of man, you got to have a clear mind. So I had to get out of all of that dark space that I was in in one period in my life. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think it's important that we all understand that we're not born with the skills that we need to communicate our inner thoughts, especially for men. 
Um, and especially as y'all are raised as boys and y'all are taught to suck it up and men don't cry, men don't have emotions. Right, right. That's, that's a female thing. You know, you being soft for, you know, expressing your emotions. And so that's created a culture of men who keep it in bottled inside. And then they haven't been taught the skills to be able to express themselves. And a lot of times they walk away from situations like you were mentioning when you're in relationships and you're trying to express certain things to your partner, you don't really know how to communicate it in a way that it will be effective, that they will receive it. And so instead you would just uh, avoid the situation totally and just shut down and not even talk about it. So, you know, it's important that we, we create safe spaces, men and women create safe spaces for each other to be able to you know, share our emotions, um, express what we're thinking without being shut down, without being told that that's not right. That's not how you should feel or that's not how you should think. And then we will start to get, you know, better understand each other. So I think it's really important that black men are given a safe space where they can talk if it's just amongst each other to just share their inner thoughts. And like you were saying, you felt like at a young age, you were pressured to be this, to to excel, to perform at a certain level for your parents. You know, in the world, a lot of men feel that pressure and they don't even know how to express it and release it. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. I agree. That's very true. And, and, and I think that's that's something on men as well. We have to stop, you know, um, chastising each other because. I mean, Charles, you probably know this, man. If you go out there, you start telling somebody, some of your friends, like, man, look, I, I'm I'm having these feelings, man. I just feel depressed. I just said, man, what's wrong with you, bro? Right. You know, you know, and and all that does is makes us suppress those things even more. Right. You know, there's a lot of solutions that can come about just by mentioning the problem. Mm -hmm. And you know, if you're never, you know, if you're never comfortable with talking to your friends about an issue, then that issue will never get solved. Absolutely. You know, just mm -hmm. sit there and think that you're weird, you know, sit there yeah. and meander in that, in that craziness without, you know, going to somebody and saying, hey, I need help. Right. I absolutely agree. Um, it, You know, just to, uh, to piggyback off what you were saying, you know, even like, you know, being raised in the, the era that we was being raised in, you know, being born in the late 70s, early 80s. And, you know, even your parents, you know, that's what they told you back then, like toughen up, you know, be a man. So, mm -hmm. you know, that's something that you heard from an early age. So as you became a teenager, it's like and, and you know, a teenager and young adult, it's like you you bottle a lot of that stuff on the inside. And as black men, a lot of times you don't know how to release that. And a lot of times black men release that that anger out into domestic violence or child abuse, um, mm -hmm. you know, any other situations where the crime is in nature. And that's why, you know, we have to make sure that we find some type of outlet and therapy for, you know, our black men at a younger age, especially if they deal with anything traumatic in their life or any experiences like that at a younger age, so they can go through that process of healing. Yeah. And even at a higher level for black men, especially in the climate that we live in and the country that we live in, where we have to we have to armor our kids with an extra layer of, you know, precaution because they living as black people 
in a racist society. So we have to, you know, kind of school them and and let them know how the world sees them and how they should conduct themselves in order to not be profiled, in order to not be discriminated against. And all of that pressure on a black man, it's like a pressure cooker. It's going to explode in some kind of way. If we don't give them an outlet to let that stuff out, it's either going to come out in the household, it's going to come out at the job, it's going to come out somewhere. You know, and, and a lot of our black men, we they use a lot of coping mechanisms like alcohol, alcohol, you know, um, sex, um, spending money, yeah. you know, drugs, all those, yeah. drugs, all those unhealthy coping mechanisms because they don't know how to express themselves in a healthy way. That's very true. And, and, and I'll go as far as to say that a lot of the problems that we have in our society as far as overcoming the thoughts and the you know procedurals of racism and everything come from the fact that we're told that we need to get over certain things. Hmm. You know, we, we're told that we don't need to overcome. We're told that we don't need to get out there and work in reforming racism or reforming social justice you know, norms and all those types of things. We're just told that we just need to play our position to play our role and, you know, just do what you need to do. And I think that a lot of times, you know, we as black men don't speak up when we need to speak up because of those things, you know, because we, we're not dealing with the trauma that we've, you know, you can't heal from something if you're not dealing with it. So if we don't deal with the trauma and we continue to just hide from it, then we'll never advance. And I think that's had an effect, not just on black men, but the black community altogether, because it, whatever affects us affects the rest of the community. Absolutely. And when we talk about breaking generational curses a lot, mm-hmm. that's one of the things that, you know, I feel like get overlooked a lot of times is breaking that generational curse when it comes to trauma. We talk about um, breaking generational curses about um, getting our finances together or having mm-hmm. better credit than our uh, past generations and things of that nature. But a lot of times we don't talk about dealing with that trauma um, mm-hmm. and that past pain that a lot of us dealt with um, as teenagers. And, and even the even the kids raised in the you know the suburbs and had the best life. You don't know what they dealt with as a child. It didn't have to necessarily be in the home. It could have been at school where it, where it was dealing with bullying or things to that nature. And that's just the type of things that you know you have to look at as you become older and because you a lot of times you, we deal with stuff that people keep in bottle inside of them to their 40 50 years old and then at that point it's like you're trying to do damage damage control to try to repair their mind and you know their feelings and things to that nature <clears throat> and shauna said what are some um like what are some methods that you use like incorporating your life on a day-to-day basis to make sure that you're checking in you know, on yourself and and um, gauging your mental health and your emotional health. What are some things that you do like for self-care to keep yourself balanced? The biggest thing for me is the gym. Um, That's like the biggest for me. I wake up in the morning, every morning at 5.30 a.m. and go to the gym. Mm -hmm. Uh, Like I tell my wife all the time, that's like my release and my outlet. Um, Mm -hmm. Just going in there, working off, just working out, letting out some steam and stuff to that nature. I read a lot. Um, Always doing research on how um, I can just better myself, better my thought process, um, whether it's being a better father, being a better husband, better leader. I like to read things like that. Anything, anytime that I can touch anything, read anything, see anything 
that's expanding my knowledge and my intellect on how I become a better person. That's what healing is to me because it puts me in a different thought process. It, it makes me understand, you know, the steps I need to take moving forward as a man. This is what I should be doing more of. This is what I should be doing better of and things to that nature. So um, that's the type of things I do. Um, uh, it, when I do my research and when I do my posts on Facebook, Erica, that you see often, um, that to me also is a way that I cope uh, because a lot of times when I the stuff that I post on Facebook trying to encourage others is stuff that I have experienced and dealt with before as well. Mm -hmm. um, so it's it's me expressing my my journey to healing for others. And when mm -hmm. I see people receive that and they I look at the comments and I can see that they can relate and understand the uh, you know what I went through and they understanding and things to that nature it also makes it also helps too it also you know helps ease the anxiety and things to that nature that i also had dealt with yeah it eases that feeling of isolation like yeah. a lot of times we think we're the only person going through what we're going through nobody else would understand or they would judge you if they knew what you were really thinking in, in your head you know and stuff like that so yeah i can identify with that and that's the same for me when i make my posts it's to it's to share my self revelation that with other people, and as I'm sharing it, they're also getting revelations for them for themselves, and then we're all creating a communicating of healing, you know, community of healing, and that's what it's all about because it doesn't it doesn't matter if I get healed and then my neighbor next to me and my neighbor on this side of me if they're both still diseased and damaged then i don't have anybody to relate to absolutely so once i heal i want to make sure i get other people as many people as i can to also heal so that we can relate to each other in a healthier way right i agree 100 percent. what about you gator I and mean, i know one of the things that you just just now is is going to the gym man and, and trying yeah. to get that 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 physical form in, in shape, man. And I think that's really important because, you know, I could use a little bit of that myself too. <laughs> but <Right. laughs> the things that I will say is that, you know, it's been scientifically proven, man. Yeah. You know, just being able to get out there and exercise, you know, and, and, and you know, take care of your physical temple. It helps a lot with taking care of your mental. It does. You know, just being able to get that routine going, getting up, you know, going to the gym, you know, getting those steps in. And I mean, it, it, it not only provides, you know, healing for your physical body, but it also allows you time to sit there and focus on something outside of, you know, the every day to day strife that, you know, strife that you're going through. So I think. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I agree 100 um, percent. My wife used to always tell me, she was like, I know you're tired. She's like, you're still going to the gym today. I'm like, yeah, I will always push myself through because. That was definitely a release and an outlet for me just to go in there, sweat, burn out some steam. And a lot of times I just have my headphones on listening to music and I'm in my own thoughts. And it helped me with the overthinking because a lot of times, you know, most people be like, well, if you're in, you know, if you're in the gym listening to music and thinking that you may be overthinking. But for me, it allows me to be able to put things into perspective of why was I overthinking about stuff? Why was I causing myself to have this unnecessary anxiety um, and things to that nature? So it allowed me to have a different outlet of being able to work out. But one thing that I didn't mention um, was another coping mechanism for me is my wife, man. Like I have to give all the credit for her too. Um, men just don't understand like how much you need a strong woman by your side. Like when I say yeah. my dark days came, 
um, before I met my wife, that's when I was in, that's when I was in my deepest, deepest part of my depression, because I, that's where I felt like the I was unappreciated the most. But when my wife, my wife came into my life and brought things to me that nobody before her has even like came close to bringing things to my life. When it comes to like the consistency, when it comes to the appreciation, the effort, the love, like every like all of that every single day. Um, my, my wife and I had started dating on June 19th of 2015 and Father's Day was the 21st. She didn't even know me. It took me out to dinner for Father's Day. And at that point, I was a father. I think uh, I think my oldest son was maybe 10 at that time. And before then, I had never even been appreciated as a father. So that was like for me, just that was like the small things for me, just my wife coming in doing stuff like that to show, you know, where I, you know, I may not be, you know, your child's mom at this point, but I'm going to show you that I appreciate you as a father, but, you know, because we need more black men, and black fathers stepping up like you are. Yes. Um, and like you have done. So uh, what my wife brought to my life is has been one thing. It has brought me a lot of healing. Um, it has touched, you know, it, it repaired my soul. And I, even in my books, I put that a lot of times in my blogs and things that I have wrote. I talk about how much, you know, the right woman by your side can just heal a broken soul. And yeah. a lot of men just don't understand that. You know, that's a lot of broken men I see on social media every single day. They're talking women because they're still hurt and they're not taking the necessary time to heal. And you know, when yes. I, I and I try to try to educate them, a lot of times they don't want to hear it, but it's not gonna stop me from pushing forth the message mm-hmm. that I have to get out that you don't understand how much your life will elevate when you have the right woman by your side. Definitely, because when you're operating in your purpose, that woman is there to help you push you forward and, and, and excel you and propel you forward in that purpose. Um, she's a help me. And a lot of times women have this, this intuition that complements the man. She can see his blind spots mm-hmm. and then she can cover him with in areas that he, you know, never even thought of. And that's where that union comes from. That's why people don't understand the power of you know coming together with a purpose meet. Right. That's, that's powerful. That's good. Uh oh, let's see. We got Gator back. Gator fell off. I had to do my emergency. My internet went out for some strange reason. I had to uh get on a hot spot real quick. So I- oh wow. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we he was just talking about the power of having the right woman by his side and how his his wife came into his life and just, you know, covered some of those areas that were left uncovered and filled in some of those gaps, you know, that were that were open and just complete that puzzle. Yeah, I mean, and and I think that as a you know, and and I'm not just talking as a black man, but as a man period. It's really important who you pick as your mate. Absolutely. Because they can be they can speak life or speak death into you. Mm-hmm. You know, um, it's it's really important. You you see online all the time, you know, and Erica, you and I have been we did the episode about the POF date and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. If if you have somebody who is all about themselves and they don't want to feed into the common goal. Then all that does is just 
become a detriment to you and to your spirit after a while. Men fall. Men have times when they they get, you know, they feel less than. Yes. You know, there was there was a um I was telling somebody a few years back, there was a time uh when you know, I got laid off from a job and I was just feeling so down and so depressed and so and the person that I was with wasn't really speaking life into me. It was just kind of right. like, well, I mean, you just need to go ahead and do what you're gonna do, and well, right. you know, and, and it, you know, sometimes I hate saying it, but it's the truth. I think with everybody, sometimes men need to be propped up a little bit more. Yeah, you know, I agree. And, and Charlotte said, you can, you can, you can feel this. If you get laid off from your job, that don't mean you don't want to feel like you sexy. You don't want to feel like you, you know, not right, not a handsome or not a leader. You're the man and, of the house, right. right? And when when a woman can feed, still continue to feed that into you, it gives you more initiative to go out there and overcome the things that you got to overcome. If mm -hmm. they're not doing that, then you're more likely to go into that shell. Yeah, and just be like, oh, I don't know if I can do it. <laughs> you know. Right. So I mean, it's 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 it should be reciprocal, you know, reciprocated, of course. But right. I think that you know, men need that more than women think we do. <laughs> right. And here's something else I wanted to touch on before we close out the the spiritual and the religious aspect. Mm. You know, a lot of us have been raised to just pray it away, pray, yep. pray, pray about everything, but. God doesn't work that way. He's not like a genie in a bottle. He's just going right. to zap you and make you okay. Mm -hmm. We have been, and that's why we've neglected our mental health for so many years because yeah. we've been waiting for him to fix us when he's already given us the tools to fix ourselves or to go seek the help that we need. It's okay to pray and then go to therapy because right. God also made the therapist and God God bless the therapist with a skill to be able to help you deal with your mental health issues and yes. be able to talk about your inner emotions. But a lot of people are too religious and mm. they feel like if you're going to see a therapist, then you don't believe in Jesus Christ. And that's a stigma that we need to break out of so that we can get more people to go get the help that they need. Yep, I agree 100 percent. And a lot of times, you know, I, I agree with exactly what you say, because you have to be able to put the work in. You yeah. know, God gives you the ability. He gives you the tools and everything that you need to succeed. But you have to put the you have to put forth the uh, the effort and the work in order to sustain it and also achieve it. And a lot of times, you know, like you said, you know, we I, I see people a lot of times say pray, pray for it, pray for it, pray for it mm -hmm. and things of that nature. But you know, and his praying is good. You know, God do want to hear from us, but a lot of times he wants to see us put the mm -hmm. put forth the effort right. in order to making ourselves better, in order to, you know, taking the necessary steps to to learn, to educate yourself and you know, everything that's gonna benefit your mental wealth. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, a lot of people forget that whole that verse about faith without works is dead. Mm-hmm. You go. You, know, you can pray all you want to, but if you go just sit down in your living room and just pray and pray and pray, I mean, you're not getting out there and doing the work that's you know necessary for those prayers to come to fruition. So, yeah, you got to get out there and do it, man. Yes, absolutely. Yes. Well, this has been an awesome conversation. Again, thank you so much, Shauna. Shauna, for thank you for having me. I really, really appreciate it. Yeah, we appreciate thank you coming on, man. 
Yes. So before we get out of here, just tell everybody again where they can contact you or follow you or, um, you know, communicate with you. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Facebook.com backslash Shaughnessy Haynes. Uh, my name is at the bottom of the screen. If you can see it, how to spell it on Instagram, King Haynes, H-A-Y-N-E-S, my last name, underscore Wags. Um, that's my, that's the main two I'm on. I don't do like Snapchat or Twitter. And things like that. So, uh, that's the two that you can find me on the most. Uh, I try to post inspirational stuff. Um, a lot of times things from projects that I'm working on, whether it's blogs or books. So definitely make sure you follow me. Oh yeah. Awesome. Well, and thank it felt you. good to have somebody with, you know, saying a guy on because usually we have a lot of women on. Yes. <laughs> so, yeah. I don't feel so. I don't feel so lonely tonight. <laughs> no, don't you act like you don't no. be looking at them women when we have. Hey, you know what? <laughs> <laughs> Try to get the deep voice. I love you, ladies. I really. Do. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, Tanisha, you are right. Prayer requires action. It does. It does. All right. So we are out of here, y'all. Thank y'all so much for tuning in for this episode of Dope Discussions. Y'all join us again back here next week, 630 Central Standard Time. And we will see y'all. 730 Central. I mean, 730 Eastern. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Who that? Who that? (laughs) 